breaking news from KXAN News. It's the last day of the Texas legislature, and just about half an hour ago, the House appointed their impeachment managers in the Senate trial for Ken Paxton. And joining us this afternoon is Ryan Chandler to give us a look inside the Capitol. Ryan, thanks for being with us. First of all, what does this appointment mean? Well, Jen, this is the latest development into the impeachment of the embattled Attorney General Ken Paxton. This essentially sets the stage for the trial that will take place in the Senate. Remember, just a few days ago, I can't believe it was only on Saturday, but the House impeached the Attorney General, meaning he is effective immediately removed, relieved of his official powers and duties pending a trial in the Senate. So what the House did today is appoint 12 representatives, which will essentially act as managers for the prosecution. It's seven Republicans, five Democrats, including some high-ranking members of the House General Investigating Committee. That's the ethics watchdog, which led the investigation, which revealed uh, the, the evidence that, that lawmakers are concerned about against Ken Paxton. So we expect them to coordinate with the Senate, present the articles of impeachment to the senators who will then act as jurors to decide if Ken Paxton is allowed to stay the state's top law enforcement official. And Ryan, you've been at the Capitol all weekend. With this latest news, what's the atmosphere like there now? Well, Jen, you know, normally the last day of session is a celebratory day, a day when lawmakers can look back at the work they've done and take pride in, in all that they've accomplished. Today is very different because there is a lot of work left to be done. The question of the day at the Texas Capitol is not whether lawmakers will return for a special session, but when. We've seen lawmakers debate over property taxes all day. Top Republicans still have not reached a deal on that issue, which everybody agrees has been the top priority all session. We see that there is still a lot of planning in place for a trial against Ken Paxton in the Senate, which could happen this summer. It's just a very tense atmosphere because there's so many things left on the table with only hours left to go in session. Okay, Ryan Chandler live for us this afternoon at the Texas Capitol. Thanks so much. First warning weather with meteorologist Rich Siegel. A very pleasant good afternoon on this Memorial Day. David has the evening off. We start out with widespread showers and thunderstorms across most of the Texas Hill Country. We've had some heavy rain in some of the area this afternoon. Lightning has been our biggest threat. We have not had much hail at all. There are three flash flood warnings working in Gillespie County now. One until 7 o'clock covers the Morris Ranch area and the southern part of the county south of Fredericksburg. The second until 7.15 covers Cherry Spring and Doss. Doss has had at one of the gauges more than an inch of rain so far. And the third until 7.30 is one for the Harper area. There's been a lot of rain about to move in out of Kimball County into Harper. This is what it looks like in the hill country now. First, the southern part of the hill country, Gillespie County, there has been a decrease in the intensity of the rain and also the lightning strikes. But we see some lightning west northwest of Harper that may make it into far western Gillespie County before the evening is over. But we still see some heavy downpours in some of southern Gillespie County and we see some moderate to heavy rain in parts of Blanco County. Meanwhile, showers and thunderstorms active southwestern land passes northwestern Burnett into northeastern Llano counties, and we'll be watching that as we go through the rest of the evening. Temperature down to 65 in rain-cooled air at Fredericksburg, 72 at Llano, 75 at Marble Falls, low to mid-80s along and east of I-35 up to that 86 
in Cameron 83 right now at Camp Mabry. We'll tell you some rain totals. Wait till you see some of these numbers I have to share with you. When this period of rain will end and the 90s for highs return, we'll show you how long they'll last later on in first warning weather. Jen. All right, Rich, thanks so much. Today on the last day of the legislative session, Governor Greg Abbott signed into law a bill pushing for more transparent medical billing in Texas. Now, this is a direct result of a KXAN investigation. We first discovered this issue after a Central Texas hospital sued hundreds of patients over unpaid medical bills. Several patients told us they received vague bills and couldn't get itemized invoices before the lawsuits against them. Now, lawmakers passed that legislation earlier this month requiring hospitals to provide a written understandable itemized invoice before sending patients to collections. That law goes into effect September 1st. To see how our investigation helped us get to this point, just look for this story at kxan.com. An Austin firefighter is recovering at home this afternoon after someone stabbed him while he was responding to a fire along I-35 in Riverside. The fire department says crews were approached by a person who became violent, eventually stabbing that firefighter in the thigh. Firefighter, that firefighter was taken to the hospital and was released a short time later. The person is in custody. A deal, but not quite done. President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy struck a deal over the weekend to raise the debt limit. And now both leaders have to get their party members to agree and get it passed by the House and the Senate before the June 5th deadline. NBC's Drew Petromo is on Capitol Hill with the latest. After months of hand-wringing and deep fears of a catastrophic default, President Biden telling the nation he struck a deal with the Republican Speaker of the House. We've reached a bipartisan budget agreement. Now we're ready to move to the full Congress. I think once people read the bill, they'll be pretty excited. But most important, it's America wins on this one. The deal includes a two-year debt limit extension while calling for spending on most items next year to remain roughly the same. It claws back $30 billion in unspent COVID funds and increases work requirements for some people on food stamps, a top priority for Republicans. We did a conference call with our conference and over 95% were overwhelmingly excited about what they see. But there are no changes to Medicaid, some student debt relief, or climate change legislation, all priorities for Democrats and the president. Will I get all of what I want? No. Will they get all of what they want? No. But I'm very pleased that we're in a good place. But some of the most conservative Republicans are criticizing the deal, saying it doesn't go far enough to cut spending. Some liberal Democrats are also leery of concessions made by the president. I'm not happy with some of the things I'm hearing about. There's still hard work to be done on both sides to get the bill through Congress on a tight deadline. But on this Memorial Day, as the nation pauses to pay tribute to the country's fallen heroes, members of both parties noting the deal protects defense spending and programs for veterans. Drew Petromo, NBC News, Washington. And the House committee plans to start working on the bill tomorrow. A vote of the full House is expected Wednesday evening. Then it heads to the Senate, where leaders from both parties are urging swift passage. Well, at least seven people had to be rescued when part of an historic apartment building collapsed in Davenport, Iowa, Sunday afternoon. NBC's Shaq Brewster is in Davenport with the latest. 
Hi there. Well, Davenport's mayor telling me this morning that this has now shifted from a search and rescue mission to a search and recovery mission. And when you look at the devastation that's left behind, you get a sense of how much work rescue workers and rescue crews had to put in to get to this point. You see the pile of rubble there from the six story apartment complex. Rescue workers were here through the night working with canines to try to identify any additional potential victims. Eight people were rescued, including one person in the overnight hours who is now hospitalized. But the big headlines from officials earlier this morning is that there are no known fatalities and there is no one who they know is trapped underneath this rubble at this point. They're asking for prayers to hope that that continues to be the case. Meanwhile, on the ground, you're continuing to hear more questions about what exactly led to the partial collapse of this building. Residents and people in the area saying that there is a history that this building has a history of complaints that have been filed as recently as last week. Residents saying that they saw bricks falling off of this building that complaint filed with the city. All of that will be a part of the official investigation. But at this point, the focus, according to officials, is making sure that there's no one left behind here in Davenport. Shaquille Brewster, NBC News. In an attempt to make Austin affordable, changes have been made to the land development code. But are those solutions actually being used? We'll find out later in the show. But first, it is Memorial Day, the way America is honoring and mourning those who died while serving our country. Today, we once again gather in this sacred place at this solemn hour to honor fallen heroes. Today, President Joe Biden honored America's fallen service members. He marked the 155th observance of Memorial Day with the long-held tradition of laying a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. Goodwill workers and volunteers are making American flags to be used at burials for U.S. veterans. Julia Bagg introduces us to the group working on the project. Inside a small corner of Alapata, Old Glory is made daily. People know us at Goodwill because of our stores, and that's great, but we're so much more than our stores. What you see today and what's so special about today is the flags that we manufacture here. They are the U.S. internment flags, and we ma manufacture them particularly for uh, military funerals. The flags are memorials. They go to families to honor loved ones when they pass away, loved ones who served in any branch of service during their lifetime. Here, workers produce about 500 flags a day. At least 75% of the workers stitching the stars and stripes have a mental or physical disability. Gloria Morillo keeps a photo of her son close while she works. He's one of two of her children serving overseas. Dreaming it out on out and just put it in here. You see? Otan Fajardo is a master at folding the flags. He says it only took him two weeks to learn, and he's really good at it. Well, Goodwill has had the contract to produce these flags with the federal government for 25 years. Well, most of the rain that fell today has fallen in the Hill Country, and check out some of these rain totals. We've had about 10 to 15 rain gauges in the Hill Country with more than an inch. Topped by that inch in 8500s, 13 miles west-northwest of Blanco, and an inch and three-quarters plus of the gauge, nine miles southwest of Fredericksburg. We'll get a check of the radar when we return in just a few minutes. Average Austinite simply 
can't afford to buy a house here, uh, which is important to me as a home builder, um, we can no longer afford to wait. And city leaders agree Austin's decades-old land development code needs work and dozens of changes have been made to it over the past few years to try and make our city a little more affordable. But as KXAN's Grace Reader explains, City of Austin employees are overwhelmed trying to implement those changes. Land development code. We get it. It might not sound like the most interesting topic, but you should care. Our complex code drives up housing costs all over Austin. Because it's something UT researchers say is a top solution for making our city more affordable. How can we make um, actually developing in our city um, um, a more feasible option just from reimagining what our land use codes can look like. Austin City Council has passed several amendments to that code, which we've told you about, including making it easier to open a daycare and eliminating parking minimums. There are amendments that seem like they'd be really straightforward, but they're hard and parking, the parking is one of them. But just because council signs off doesn't mean it's a done deal. This month, council members on the Housing and Planning Committee got an update on where those changes stand. The city says they're short-staffed and have at least 30 code amendment changes they're still working through. Roughly a third of those staff haven't started yet. That's why council will come back next month and give a list of priorities. We have to choose if something is just, it's important to us, but we can wait six or nine months for them to pick it up. Meanwhile, more items are expected to be added to that list. Councilmember Tito Vela says he's working on a resolution to change restrictions on building height after the Texas legislature failed to pass a bill to do just that. Grace Reader, KXAN News. And several years ago, City Council completely overhauled Austin's land development code, but legal challenges tossed that rewrite. First warning weather with meteorologist Rich Siegel. While half of our viewing area did get wet today, the half that got wet was the one that needed the most. That was the hill country. Showers and numerous thunderstorms this afternoon. We are seeing a decrease in the intensity of some of these thunderstorms and the lightning threat seems to be going down as well. Still flash flood warnings in effect until uh, 7 o'clock for the southern part of Gillespie County, for the northern and northwestern part of the county until 715 and for the Harper area until 730. We've had reports of some flooding in Gillespie County. Dispatch reported that in an interview section near Morris Creek, uh, Morris Ranch rather. So here's what it looks like from uh, Gillespie County all the way into Blanco. We're not seeing as much of the reds and the oranges that we were seeing before. We'll watch Harper for some stuff that's maybe close enough in Kimball County to reach there. And then in the uh, northwestern part of the hill country, the active weather that we're seeing is in southwestern Land Passes, south of 190 to uh, west of 281 in northwestern Burnett County. Some uh, rain decreasing in intensity at Lake Buchanan, and there are still some showers and storms on the northwest side of Lano. Uh, again, rain totals exceeding an inch and a half this afternoon near Blanco near Fredericksburg at the little Lano River near Lano. This is what the Austonian view is showing right now. And also, we haven't had any rain today. It's been a mostly cloudy sky after some sun this morning. 83 degrees right now. The high this afternoon in Austin, 88, just a couple of degrees shy of normal. Uh, temperatures this tomorrow morning are going to drop into mostly the mid and upper 60s. And then daytime highs, I think we'll have several that'll peak at around 90 degrees tomorrow. I think this model is suggesting that there may be some rain in Austin at 4 o'clock, but I just don't see that happening. So these showers and storms will wrap up during the evening with the loss of daytime heating, and then we'll be dry through the overnight hours. And we may go mostly clear as we start the day on Tuesday. And then if once we have uh, uh, some heating, we will see a few clouds, but I don't see any rain 
in our forecast for Tuesday. As far as tonight goes, the severe storm threat is non-existent in non-severe storms until about 9, 10 o'clock tonight. That flash flood threat this evening, I think, is just for the Hill Country. I don't see any issues for areas along and east of I-35. Then we are dry Wednesday, Thursday, into much of Friday. Late Friday afternoon, we may see a few showers, and then as we get into the weekend, rain chances go up on Saturday, and they'll go up even more Saturday night into Sunday. We'll show you rain chances in just a moment, and there could be some widespread rain across the area one week from today. Rain totals as we go through the rest of this forecast period tonight and then in the weekend uh, scenario too. And I-35 eastward about a tenth to a half an inch. And these areas shaded in blue out in the hill country, a half an inch to an inch and a half applauding for that 20% chance of showers and storms during the evening then dry overnight a south wind at 5 to 10 your low 67 partly cloudy tomorrow 90 degrees for the high with a southeast wind at 5 to 10 tomorrow again 90 90 degrees on Wednesday near 90 Thursday and Friday and Saturday and then with that higher rain chance on Sunday and Monday we'll look at a 40% chance of showers and storms Sunday high 88 and then back to 89 with a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms on Monday so looking wet to start and end the weekend. All right, Rich, thank you. A river rafting rescue caught on camera. Hear from the man who helped pull someone out of the water. A woman was rescued after falling into a swift moving rapid, swift moving rapids while whitewater rafting on the Arkansas River in Colorado. Samantha Spitz talked to the man who was able to pull her out of the water. This video capturing a rare whitewater rafting rescue Saturday afternoon on the Royal Gorge, part of the Arkansas River. I was pretty scared for, you know, because I knew it was rough. Christine was paddling at the head of the raft. Everybody was trying to get to her, but we still had to, uh, you know, paddle through it, you know, so we're not making mistakes on there and all of us going in. Thanks to some teamwork and direction from the rafting guide, Dean was able to grab onto her life jacket and pull her back into the raft. We're just really glad that we could get her in and she was a little bit shaken up for a couple of minutes, but she was laughing and having fun for the rest of the trip after that. Jim Crane, the operations manager at Performance Tours, says safety is their number one priority. It's very rare for someone to fall out of the boat in a commercial setting. It really is it's because the guides are so well trained. They know where to go. They know the riverbed. For that reason, you know, it provides the guests with a good, safe experience. But in some cases, it does happen and their guides are ready. We put them through every different scenario that we're having. Always traveling in groups. Safety comes in numbers, and uh, if something happens, we want another boat there to help out. And for the rafters. The passive feet first downstream swim position can be quite dangerous, you know, at high water levels. So, you know, we, we tell people, you know, if you fall out of the boat, we're going to always tell you, you know, to swim right back to the boat, you know, and, and if they can actively participate in their own self-rescue. It greatly minimizes their, their time that they're spending in that cold water. Well, you can join us tonight for KXAN News at 9 o'clock on the CW Austin, and here's where you can find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.